Good morning. Y'all will be turning to Psalm 44. Psalm 44. I sent the email out, but uh, just a reminder, Brother Mark's in the hospital. Got an infection in both his legs. They went in for some physical therapy the other day, and they sent him over to the hospital, and they've admitted him. and Got him on some IV antibiotics, and uh, they hope to have him released back home uh, this evening. Sometime this evening, hopefully. So we'll uh, we'll see what the Lord has for them. But as they're on your heart, ask the Lord comfort them in this trial that he sent. He accomplishes what he sent the trial for. Psalm 44. We're going to look at the first eight verses this morning. Uh, next week, I think we'll go look at the remaining verses, but I want to look at just the first eight. We're going to see a believer that's strong in faith. A believer that's strong in faith. And then in these first eight verses, before we get that sila, that pause, stop, consider these things, we just see praise and repeatedly declaring, Thou, Thou, here's what you did. You, Lord, you did this. And then in, in verse 9, after that sila, it takes another turn. Something changes. And the focus goes from thou, thou, thou to us, 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 our, our, our. You ever get sorrowful when you look into self? You ever happy when you see him? If that's us speaking, if this is this is applies to me and I'm saying my, 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 our, 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 us, 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 that's bad. And there's sorrow that goes with it. But next week, we'll look at them last verses. If that's the Lord speaking, that we're made one with, boy, that's precious. And it's right. It's true. But I want to just look at these first eight verses this morning. The heading there, if you if you have a heading in your Bible, mine says, To the chief musician for the sons of Korah, Maschil. We don't know who wrote this song. David's name is not on it. Uh, old Brother Calvin said, Anybody but David wrote this song. But that's good. It's good we don't know that David wrote it. Do you know why? If it hasn't already, there will come a day when this psalm applies to the believer, to us, to me, to you. When we have strong faith to praise the Lord, no matter what. When them sons of Korah are coming after us and we say, Lord, you're right. This is good. This is good. There'll come a day that's going to happen. And there's going to come a day when we're completely overthrown in our sorrows. When we think we're right. When we think we're justified all by ourselves. And why me? And so those things are right. God-given faith goes to the Lord. God-given faith that he gives, it praises him no matter if the times are good or if the times are bad. Now, it takes a long time to grow in grace, to be able to honestly give him the praise through the tough times. When times are good, it's a whole lot easier, isn't it? But it takes a long time. We have to be taught over and over and over again through trials, one on top of another, to be taught to bow to him. And if he gives faith, he's going to prove that faith. If he gives belief, he's going to prove to us that we believe him. It's going to happen. It takes a long time for us to be grown in grace to acknowledge him, to see that it's his hand that's working all things. 
all things. This is bad. <laughs> the old man says, the new man says this is good. The Lord's right. But we can't handle those hard times. We can't handle those sorrowful times unless first we do have good news. Uh, bad news on top of bad news, is, it compounds itself. But but if there's good news, then we can make it through the bad news, what we call bad news. Isn't it? This is simple, though. How are we going to have that? For us to hear the good news, the gospel, we have to hear it. You get that? For us to hear the good news, we have to hear it. Somebody's got to tell us, don't we? Look here in verse 1. For we have heard with our ears. Oh, God. Our fathers have told us what work thou didst in their days, in the times of old. We have heard with our ears, this psalmist writes. Someday we'll say that if we're his. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. What are we going to hear? It says there, our fathers have told us what? The work, work thou didst in their day. That's singular, isn't it? That's not a, there's not an S on the end of that word. That's singular. There's a work. It's a blessing to have physical fathers and mothers to tell us the work of God and what he did in them. And that is a rare thing. My children are only children in this room today. It's a rare thing to have parents that tells you the truth about God. Strikingly rare. But we're told to. Aren't you commanded to? Is that what the Lord said? He said in Exodus 12 concerning the Passover. He said it shall come to pass. We're going to have this Passover. You're going to have this feast. That your children say unto you. What mean ye by this service? Daddy, why are we doing this? Why do I have to get this lamb? And why are we roasting it? And why are we doing these things? And ye shall say it's the sacrifice of the Lord's Passover. Remember in the New Testament, the Lord said he went down and he said, this is the Jews' Passover. <laughs> Y'all just clean left it. You ain't handed down no gospel to your children. You did a lot of religion. You read the scriptures a whole bunch, but you didn't know what you was talking about. You didn't hand nothing down. He said, whenever your children ask, you tell them it's the Lord's Passover, who passed over the houses of the children of Israel in Egypt, when he smote the Egyptians and delivered our houses. You tell them what the Lord did. And he talked about that whenever they, the offering of the firstborn. He said, and when your son asks thee in the time to come, saying, what is this? You shall say, by the strength of hand, the Lord brought us out of Egypt. We offer our firstborns. We dedicate them to, to the temple when they're young because the Lord brought us out, didn't he? out of the house of bondage. And he talked about that giving at the law of Sinai. You tell your children concerning that mountain of fire and that holy law and our need of a mediator. It says in Deuteronomy 4, 9, teach them thy sons and thy sons' sons. You teach your children, you teach your grandchildren. You do it. Some young people don't have believing fathers and some young people don't have believing mothers. Some of them do. Some people, some young people only have believing mothers. We touched on that a little bit when we looked at Genesis 18, verse 19, when uh, Abraham commanded his house and all of them that was with him, the whole household, everybody that was, he was responsible for, not just his offspring, everybody he come in contact with. But it was on his property, he commanded them. 
And we looked at that slightly because there's, sometimes there's believing mommies that don't have believing husbands or their widows. What are they to do? Paul told Timothy, he said, I call into remembrance that unfeigned faith that's in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and in thy mother Eunice. There was a believing grandmother and a believing mother. Now, whether they was widows, we don't know. Whether they had husbands, but they were unbelieving husbands, we don't know. But they taught their sons, didn't they? They taught Timothy. How will the parents know to tell them? How's mommy and daddy's? That's my. That's why we don't have children's programs here. My job is to teach the parents, and the children will pick up more than you think. They correct some of y'all too, don't they? They'll pick up more than you think. But I teach the parents. The Lord teaches me. I teach the parents. They'll teach them. The Lord's going to do the sending. He'll send a preacher to teach the children of God, whether they're young or old. It don't make a difference. And then the children or the parents. He's going to send them to teach who he is and what work, singular, that Christ accomplished. That's what they're going to do. Paul said, my little children. He wrote to that church at Galatia, to the Galatians. Paul said, my little children. You reckon there's somebody there that's older than Paul? Maybe one or two. Bob, you're one of my little children. <laughs> Paul said, my little children, of whom I travail in birth again until Christ be formed in you. I'm going to keep telling you the same thing until someday God might be pleased to save one or two of My little children. He wasn't the only one, was he? John said that. That son of thunder said, we'll burn this town down. You want us to call down fire, Lord? Lord softened him, didn't he? He said in 1 John 2, he said, my little children, these things I write unto you that you sin not, and when any man sins, you just remember we have an advocate with the Father, Christ Jesus the righteous. That's the one message, that's the one work, isn't it? Look at verse 1 again. We have heard with our ears, our O oh God, our fathers have told us what work thou didst in their days, in the times of old. What about them old things? Verse 2. How thou didst drive out the heathen with thy hand. You took that, those enemies out with your hand. And plantest them. You took your people and you planted them. How thou dost afflict the people and cast them out. We're all heathens. That's the truth. But in grace and in love and in mercy, the Lord has a people. He does. And it says here, by your hand, our enemies are driven out. That's what your hand does. And by your hand, we are planted. The Lord's planted us. What does it say there in Psalm 1? He said, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. We're put there. Psalm 92, those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. If he puts you there, well, two, two or three are gathered. They think they can gang up on God. We'll just, we'll, everybody get over. We're going to have a prayer meeting. <laughs> he said, where I've gathered, where he gathered, isn't it? Those that be planted in the house of the Lord, those that are gathered there in his house, they'll flourish in the courts of God. It's plain in the scriptures that the Lord elected a people. That's just, I don't want to preach election. I want to pre preach the God of election. But it's plain that he's elected a people. That's, that's all there is to it. He had to. That's good news to us, isn't it? But it's also true. He told those Pharisees, oh, you hypocrites. He said, you know how many times I'd have gathered you underneath my wings like a hen gathers her chicks? And ye would not. Mankind can't blame God for, well, he didn't pick me. That's his fault. Don't you dare. Don't you dare. You understand that? We get a good handle on how God saves sinners, don't we? Because we know everything. Five times he healed a blind person. Didn't he? They was all blind. He was the only one that could heal them. All five times were different. 
Well, now we know how men see, don't we? We know how people, how the Holy Ghost comes to them. And then John the Baptist had the Holy Ghost from birth. <laughs> as soon as we think we got him boxed in in a corner, we read something new, don't we? Turn over to Isaiah 43. Isaiah 43. Everything that happens... It's for God's glory and for his people's good. Everything. Now, it's one thing to say everything until that everything shows up in your doorstep, until that everything hits you in the living room, until that everything's in your lap, isn't it? It's good when it's everybody else's everything. But everything the Lord do, does is for his glory and for our, our good, for his people's good. If there's wars, it's for our good. He said, has there not been evil in this town and the Lord's done it? That doesn't mean he's committed evil, but he's allowed it to happen, hasn't he? It's for his purpose, for his glory, everything. It don't matter if we think it's good or bad. And how many times, if, if, if the Lord's worked in us a while ago in our lives, do we look back and say, that was terrible and that was miserable, but boy, it sure is good now. I'm happy now. Wouldn't trade it for the world. That's so, isn't it? Everything he does is good. Look here in Isaiah 43, verse 1. But now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine. He's the, the king, says to the constituent, you're mine, I own you. I did this. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, thou shalt not overflow thee. And when thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned. Neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. What's that say? One, he's not an austere man. We don't have a, a, a cold, stoic dictator on the throne. And he? he says, I loved you. And he goes, and when you pass through the waters, does that mean you're going to pass through waters? You ain't going to drown. You'll be all right. When you pass through the fire, you won't be burned. What's that mean? You're going to walk through the fire. Isn't that what we looked at Wednesday? The Lord told him what was going to happen. A flame shall not kindle upon thee. Why? Verse 3. For I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior. I gave Egypt for thy ransom, Ethiopia and Seba for thee. I've gave the nations for you. Nations for you. Well, God wouldn't do that. He said he did. I heard a lady one time, she lost her son. And, her, and, her, and her, that pastor wouldn't worth two cents. Told her, said, God didn't do this. He wouldn't do something like this. Satan did this. No, he did not. If he has that kind of control, we're all in trouble. You understand that? People don't understand Satan. They sure don't understand God. You don't know him. <laughs> Pray reveals himself to you. The Lord said, I've given Egypt for thy ransom. Well, I bet them Egyptians said that ain't fair. Well, that ain't their business what's fair. He's the judge that does right. You get that? What about Ethiopia? Well, that ain't fair. It doesn't matter. He can get it. Why? Since thou was precious in my sight, thou hast been an honorable people. <laughs> You're precious to me, and I made you honorable. And I have loved thee. Therefore will I give men for thee and people for thy life. I'll do whatever it takes. You're mine. I love you. People say, I can't believe God would do something like that. Do you have children? Do you have somebody you love? A family member? A mommy, a daddy, a sister, a brother, a child? You touch one of my children, watch what happens. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you right now. <laughs> We understand that, don't we? He said, because I've loved you. 
He's loved us with an everlasting love, and his love ain't like my love. He said, y'all evil, and your sons ask you for a fish, you don't give them a scorpion. How much greater does your father in heaven? Oh, well, that's something we just see a taste of now, isn't it? We were elected just because we're so great and grand. No, that's not it, was it? He said in Deuteronomy 7, The Lord thy God hath chosen thee to be a special people unto himself above all people that are upon the face of the earth. Why? The Lord did not set his love upon you nor choose you because you were great in number, because you were many people. He said, but because you were the fewest people. Or could that also be translated as, I didn't choose you because you was the greatest and you was going to do the best. I chose you because you was the weakest and you was the worst. Because he was showing off. <laughs> he can show how strong he is. So he told Pharaoh that. He said, I've raised you up here in Egypt, put you on a throne just so I can display my power. That's it. He said in Deuteronomy 7, 8, because the Lord loved you. That's why. That's why. There's no pride and grace either, is there? The Lord told his people in Deuteronomy 9, 5, he said, I didn't cast out the heathen because you was righteous. I cast them out because they were evil. So we can't get too high and mighty on ourselves. Shouldn't, shouldn't that give a heart of compassion? Instead of I'm right and they're wrong. Doesn't our heart weep for people? Those poor souls. They're just as ignorant as I was before he came to me. Sent somebody to tell me. Whether it was a physical father or, or one of his preachers. And that ought to motivate my heart to do anything. All this is dung. Isn't it? To do anything I can to tell somebody else. They're, 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 they're lining up and taking tickets to hell as fast as they can get them. Thinking they're doing God a favor. Back in our text, Psalm 44. What other good news have we heard? <laughs> what else have we heard about this good news? How that God can be just and the justifier. How he has given his people all things because of the doing and the dying of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's that. Verse 3. For they got not the land by, in possession by their own sword, neither did their own arm save them, but thy right hand and thine arm and the light of thy countenance. That's what saved them. That's what gave them a possession. It's not what is the right hand, what is the Lord's arm, what is the light of his countenance, but it's who. It's who. Isaiah said, to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? That arm's Christ, isn't it? His right hand is his son that's at his right hand. His, his countenance, the light of it. Christ said, I'm the light. <laughs> I'm the light of the world. That's a person, isn't it? A person did this. A person has eternal life. Someone that's on this earth they die and they go to glory. It's going to be because Christ did it. Your sword, yet that tongue of yours or whatever, you didn't do it. He did. He did. That's how the Lord is the only way the Lord could be just and the justifier is in him by his doing. We do not get spiritual blessings in heavenly places because of our sword, because of our arm, because of our doing, because of our fighting the good fight. No. What Paul said in Ephesians 1. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. In him. Verse 3 says, For they got not the land 
in possession by their own sword, neither did their own arm save them, but thy right hand and thine arm and the light of thy countenance. Why? Why would he do that? Why would he save them? Why would he give them possession, an eternal possession? Because thou hast a favor unto them. He favored them. It's not if we're on God's side, it's if he's on ours. That's the difference between rebels and revolutionists. Do you know that down in Cuba? Those are rebels, aren't they? That's what the Cubans said. That's what Castro said. Well, I guess he was the leader of that first round. But we looked at it and said, those are revolutionists. They're changing that place. Depends on what side John's. The only, thing, the only difference is, isn't it? What about in these eternal matters? It's whose side the Lord's on. And he said, I've saved you with my light, my arm, my power, because I favored you, because I loved you, because I wanted to. Why did he save, it, save some and cast out others? It pleased him. Free, unmerited, sovereign purpose and will to be gracious to some and to show mercy to some in his son by unity with him, by putting him in him before the world was. That's the Lord's business. That's his prerogative. That's why he told Moses. Moses said, let me see your glory. And the Lord said, I'll, I'll make all my goodness pass before you. And I'll proclaim the name of the Lord before thee. And I'll be gracious to whom I'll be gracious. And I'll show mercy to whom I will show mercy. And then he put him in a cleft of the rock. <laughs> I was 16 years old, but I'd take people to task. I said, you want to tell you something about the Lord's sovereignty? He's going to be gracious. That's, that's his glory. He's going to be gracious to his graces and, and merciful to whom he'll be merciful. And that means that's his glory. No, he said, I, he's declaring those things, and then he put him in Christ. That's what it was. <laughs> Took a long time to learn that, didn't it? What's the response? If we see our sin, we, we're heathen, we deserve to be cast out, and we see his might and his sovereignty in all things and his grace, we're convicted of those things the Holy Ghost convicts of, of sin because we didn't believe him. We was proud of righteousness. That's what he is. He's the only one that can ascend to the Father. I must be in him. And of judgment, it's settled. I don't have to do anything. It's done. When he said it's finished, he was telling the truth. What's the response to that? Look here in verse 4. Thou art my king, O God. You're my king, O God. The king. That's not some dude named Jesus on a street corner wearing tennis shoes and handing out tracks and pamphlets and all that junk. That's not the man upstairs who we flippantly refer to. Thou art my king, O God. King. That's who we're dealing with. Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. You're God and you're my Lord. You're the king. That's the, the, the lordship of Christ is what he's declaring. We don't make him king. That's a kingmaker. You know that? If I could go, that's what our nation's trying to do. If I go into some other country and I say, this, sure is, the, this is the king now, well, that, what's that king in comparison to me? Nothing. He's just a puppet, isn't he? People say, make, make, make him the lord of your life. Make him king. He already is. And if he deals with us, now we declare he's king. We, we thought we knew what kings were because that place over in England. Well, let me tell you something else. <laughs> let me tell you about this throne. Humans will negotiate with a peer. Do you know that? If I was in front of an earthly king, well, you put your pants on the same way I do. I mean, somebody may do it for you. <laughs> you wear pants, you wear clothes, you're just human like me. A little different job. We can kind of negotiate, couldn't we? But to a sovereign, you bow. To a sovereign, you bow. And it'll either be in this lifetime or it'll be at that judgment. It'll be one or the other. Salvation is to know him now. Salvation is to bow to him now, be put into him now. Salvation's of the Lord. Look here in verse 4. 
Thou art my king, O God. Command deliverances for Jacob. I don't say, well, if, you know, if you could greatly suggest and kind of vote on our behalf, that'd be great. And I'll vote for me too. No. Command deliverances for Jacob. Salvations of the Lord. It's his. He owns it. And we're saved by just your word, Lord. You just command it. By your command, us Jacobs, us deceivers, we can be delivered. And it says deliverances, don't it? Day in and day out, we need him. We need his word. We need his command. We need him on his throne. He is, and we need it. And from anything, that's not the same mercy that's new every morning, the same salvation, but from anything at all, illness or pain or sorrow or too much joy. Lord, keep me from being too prosperous. I'll think I did it. From anything that we are need, in need of deliverance from, all he has to do is speak. Lord, you're able if you're willing. Just say the word. This servant will be made whole. This servant will be, You just speak it. That's God-given faith. He's able if he wants to. That's his business, isn't it? Lord, once we are delivered, you make our trust be in our king only. Look here in verse 5. Through thee will we push down our enemies. Through thy name will we tread them under that rise up against us. For I will not trust in my bow, neither shall my sword save me. What's that? The Lord's going to use some means to accomplish things. That's so. He's a God of means. He does things through people or things or events or providence or whatever. That may be the vehicle by which our enemies are put down, but the Lord's the first cause. Saying through you, that's the only way it's going to happen. By your command and through us, you doing it through us, and I won't trust in that bow even if that's what's used. I won't trust in that sword even if that's what's used. You did it. You, you gave me an arm and a power to lift a sword and gave us iron to make swords. You did it all. And natural man, we get so caught up in the means, don't we? If I preach and the Lord uses that to save somebody, I didn't do anything. He did it. I'm just the means. That's all. We have a tendency to really favor man, don't we? Oh, I love Apollos. Oh, I love Paul. Oh, Barnabas. But he just, boy, I like that one the best, you know. Or men in our day, right? Those that are gone. Fortner. Oh, I love Fortner. Oh, I love Henry. I love. Well, we do. We appreciate that. But that's just the vehicle by which the Lord works. You understand that? That's an earthen vessel. It's a clay pot, no different than anything else. And if you trust in that, you'll die in your sins. We have to trust in the one that sent it. We're so, used, we're so easy for us, our old man, to, to focus on the blessings and not the blesser. Right? Look what the Lord did for us. Yeah, well, look at the Lord. <laughs> he did it. We're prone to look to ourselves and look to things and not him, isn't it? Verse 7, but thou hast saved us from our enemies and hast put them to shame that hated us. Oh, our enemies. That's not just other countries. That's not just the opposition. That's not just those that despitefully use us and talk two, two ways out of their same tongue. That's our bigger enemies, isn't it? That law of handwriting of ordinances that is against us, that law that we broke, that cursed us, he was made a curse for us. He's handled that enemy. Hasn't he? What about sin? Death. The grave, hell, the accuser of the brethren. And my worst one, this guy. 
from me. He saved us from our enemies and put to them the shame that hated us. Paul said there in Romans, he says, He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It's God that justifies. He's the one that saved us from our enemies, isn't it? Who is he that condemneth? It's Christ that died. Yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Maketh. That means he did. That means he does right now. And that means he's going to. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? You know what I wrote in my Bible next to that? In pen. <laughs> that might make somebody mad someday. Not even me. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Not even Kevin. When God speaks, he sends a servant to tell of his salvation, whether that's a relative or somebody else. And he speaks of his son. He speaks of who we are and what we are and our need of salvation. And he speaks of his mighty hand that we have been saved. We are being saved and we shall be saved. Who gets the glory for that? That's a litmus test if somebody's telling the truth and not or lying to men's souls. Who gets the glory? What about this psalmist? Who gets all the boasting? Look here at verse 8. In God we boast all the day long and praise thy name forever. Selah. We boast in the Lord all the day long. I wish I could. Morning, noon, and night. And if I could, I'd have to sleep sometime and I'd be trapped in my dreams, wouldn't I? <laughs> you know how to keep us... Keep us in check. Boast in the Lord all the day long and praise thy name forever. And it says Selah. That's a, a musical term as a pause. The translations hang on that. Pause. Weigh that out. Weigh it. In God we boast all the day long. I have a, that sciatic nerve pain. It shoots down my right side and gets down to my calf muscle. My calf knots up, goes all the way down to my ankle sometimes, down my toes. The Lord did it. It's good. Did you know that? I don't know why. I don't know what he's doing it for. It's for my good. It's for his glory. Boast in him and praise thy name. Thank him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. If I was as fit as a fiddle, I might start playing back. I still have four years of collegiate eligibility. I might go back to college and start playing basketball. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Pause on those things. Weigh it out. I pray someone will hear with their ears today and that they will boast in God out of themselves and they will praise Him, not another, for it. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for these songs. We thank you for those that wrote them. The lives that you gave them and experiences they had to live through to pin your words honestly lord we're thankful for this life you've given us and for the trials that you sin and the good times the sweet things the blessings you've sent and the tough that we boast in your doings and praise your son's sweet name make us so lord forgive us for what we are be with our brethren that aren't with us, those that are 
away and those around this world, Lord. Comfort them and reveal Christ our King to them as you promised you will. We know you will, Lord. We ask anyway. <laughs> Thank you for this day. Be with us and comfort the hearts of your people. It's in Christ's name that we ask it. Amen. All right, we'll take a break and meet back at 1030.